Reading Engagement of Chapters 6 and 7 in Roots and Routes The preceding chapters in Roots and Routes have addressed several topics. The failure of vocational imagination. The work of God as placemaking. Vocation as a dynamic process of partnership with God's work in the world evoked by place. The nature of place and its power to gather. And finally, a process view of self and characteristics aiding in partnership with God. Chapters 6 and 7 present a process for discerning vocation. Chapter 6 addresses places evoking vocation, and Chapter 7 addresses routes evoking vocation. The basic flow of discernment is very similar between them. Chapter 6 addresses a vocation in place praxis, and the main moves of this praxis are five in number and same in chapter six. We could begin with, how is this place claiming me and how do I belong or not? What and who is gathered in this place? Then how is this place gathering me? Then, what relationships exist and how do they affect flourishing of life in the Spirit? And the last question in, in the process is, how am I to be in partnership with God's placemaking work? So if we go back to the first step, how is this place claiming me and how do I belong or not? In this, I want to start the process with the emotional connections. So it's, it's real, it's pressing, it's, it's not abstract. Now for me, it's important to think in terms of claiming because as a person of some privilege, it's important for me to find ways that the places I am claim me, I, that I have a responsibility to those places without walking away from them. But not everybody has a constructive or good relationship with a place. There's tensions involved in the complicated experiences and emotions with them. So some of the tensions we have to experience, deal with in terms of this step is the degree that uh, one feels a sense of belonging or do they feel alienation in terms of that's how well I f one feels like they fit. Claimed and rejection is the tension between the degree that the place is communicating whether you're one of ours or not. Solidarity and indifference is a form of connection in terms of do I identify with those who are gathered in this place or do I uh, have, have no connection that I, that I feel indifferent to them. And in that tension, it's not so much a matter of whether I can identify or like the others that are in that, but can I find a, a solidarity with them? The next tension is empathy and numbness, and this is more the emotional tone. Can, do I have a sense of what other people are, are feeling? Empathy here is not meant as some type of baggage that I know what someone else's feels. It, it's more of just the general emotional connection with another. Or am I numb? I, I have no feelings towards others. Then finally, is there agency or powerlessness in this setting? The next step in this process is asking who and what is gathered in this place. Here, this is trying to be present and recognize all that is gathered around you, thinking about peoples, 
creatures, plants, the natural environment or habitat, the built human environment and habitat, what kind of social, cultural structures, culture dynamics are going on, and how is one embodied in this place. So once we explore our emotional connections and think about what has gathered, what and who has gathered in this place, the question of how is this place gathering me turns our attention to ourselves in this place. So when we think about how a place is gathering me, so there's two time-related questions here too. In terms of how am I relationally gathered in the present? In the present moment or the near past, what are the dynamics of this place in terms of pulling me together? Who am I? What aspects of my identity are pulled to the fore and valued? What parts are pushed to the background? What's my identity terrain in this in the present? But the other question is, how is this place gathering me in terms of my past? How is it pulling me across time, uh, either drawing on similar instances of the past, ways my family of origin might be triggered, at past experiences, all that past is being brought into the present in a place in a particular way. The prior two steps have looked at the issue of gathering. Who's gathered? How am I gathered? This next step, what relationships exist and how do they affect flourishing of life and spirit, takes a look at, well, now that things are gathered, what are the relationships between those? and to the degree that they offer flourishing. So as we look at the form of relationships, there's several layer levels or layers to look at. One is the social, what social structures promote brokenness and flourishing in relationships, what interpersonal between individuals or small groups create brokenness and flourishing, what in myself in this place promotes brokenness and flourishing. And then the larger ecological sphere of of life in this place, what structures promote brokenness and flourishing. Having a thought about our emotional connections, the gathering of this place, and the nature of relationships in this place, then the question becomes, how am I to be in partnership with God's placemaking work here? Again, the way I've described this placemaking work in general is to foster flourishing of life in the spirit. So now that we've kind of assessed the brokenness and flourishing of relationships, the question is, how do I partner with maximizing the flourishing of life in the spirit? Here we might pay attention to ways that I, as an individual, are subject to the consequences of sin and grace in this place. How am I? I'm not sure if I want to say victimized, but how how have that those dynamics shaped me? How have I complicit in the patterns of sin and grace, brokenness and flourishing in this place, the ways that I have acted in ways that do do harm or offer wholeness? And then being able to find ways of understanding my agency, my ability to create along with God patterns of grace, all our actions are are not good. Uh, we do harm. 
So being able to think about what powers I have to create grace, but also recognizing ways that I can create brokenness. Chapter 7 follows a similar structure or process, only asking these questions in terms of the routes that we take. So we are thinking about vocation and route kind of praxis. So here the questions are, how do routes between places claim me and how do I belong or not? What and who is contrasted and connected by my routes between places? How are these routes between places differentiating and connecting me? How do routes foster and hinder flourishing a life of spirit? And how am I to be in partnership with God's way-making work? So going back to the first question, how do routes between places claim me and how do I belong or not? Again, the same kind of tensions and dynamics are involved here to explore the degree that we belong or are alienated, the degree we experience uh, connections between places. So slightly different here, thinking about bridging and making the connections between the, the places that we go, the routes. Thinking about solidarity and indifference, empathy and apathy, agency and powerlessness. Once we have thought about our connections, about the routes we take, we move to what and who is contrasted and connected by my routes between places. Here we're thinking about how routes connect different places and in that connection, meaning is found between those places, but the contrast between places also raise our, our consciousness. So a place, places that a route connects are things to explore. Thinking about the mode of travel on the route, how does that impact us, whether we're walking, riding a bike, on a bus, tra public transportation, flying. How does the mode of travel gather or connect? Who is traveling with me? Whether that's other persons, other creatures, whatever music or uh, phone music playlists are with me. Who and what do I pass? What stops and side trips do I make en route? And what do I experience via the senses? smells, sights, sounds. Once we have thought the connections that we have with our routes and the ways the routes that we take connect and contrast places, we can also think about how these routes between places differentiate and connect me. What are ways that a route connects the identity I have in one place with the identity I have in the other? How does the route wind up being the integration of my identities overall. So think about routes, that path as a path of identity integration. And in addition to thinking about the physical routes, thinking about the routes we have taken through time. Next we turn to the question of how routes foster and hinder flourishing of life in the spirit. So again, like in the prior process, thinking about our routes in terms of social brokenness and flourishing, thinking about interpersonal brokenness and flourishing, thinking about personal brokenness and flourishing, and finally about the ecological larger web of life brokenness and flourishing. And we end with the vocational question of how am I to be in partnership with God's way-making work? So again, we have similar questions. How am I subject? the consequences of sin and grace? How am I complicit in patterns of sin and grace? 
And how am I an agent in creating patterns of sin and grace? Again, the tensions of sin and grace is recognizing that our actions, while we may always wish to do well, recognizing that we can uh, be involved in actions that do harm. So thinking about the ways our agency and our actions allow us to be full partners and hindered partners with God's way-making work. So we conclude, much like in the prior chapter, thinking about our connections with routes, emotional connections, thinking about how routes gather, thinking about how routes hold us together and pull us together as individuals, thinking about how uh, routes foster or hinder flourishing of life in the spirit, and then asking the ways that we can be in partnership 